Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. interesting today than they are during the season. I've never seen it. I love it. I covet it. Thank dear God. Thank you so much for Eagle content because it's been one soap opera after another. Thank you very much, Lord, for the signing of a linebacker who was on the worst defense in the National Football League against the run. Thank you very much, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Thank you for Javon Hardgrave and everybody bitching and crying at the expense of Big Sills. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Please hit the like button. Oh, by the way, today's the 19th anniversary. You guys dropped the vet. And it needed to be dropped. <laughs> It's the 19th anniversary of Veterans Stadium going into the rubble, going into the history. 19 years today, they dropped that baby. Worst turf in the history of the National Football League. The worst field in the history of the National Football League was Candlestick Park. You guys had the worst turf because there was this giant rip in the middle of the field. Unbelievable, man. How you guys doing? Appreciate it again, like I said. Let me get started here. A.J. Brown. Let me see who else. Darius Old Man Slay. So these guys have gone to Twitter the last couple weeks and barked all kinds of shit. By the way, talk about a guy who gets butthurt all the time. That's A.J. Brown. Every time people bring money up or wide receiver contracts, what does he do? He takes shots at the Tennessee Titans. As a dear friend of mine would say, hey, Hoss, if you're going to punch, punch up. That's old news. Hey, by the way, I'm a victim of this, and I'm going to explain to you. I think this is something that's in all athletes because of the competitive juices we have. How many times have you heard A.J. Brown bitch about the Titans? And how they didn't treat him good in negotiation after the fact. So now you have some people in the media. This is chirping. Kind of like spreading out there a little bit that Gardner Johnson was a bad locker room guy. That'll start to get more steam. That just shows you, in my opinion, how much you truly wanted the guy. If you're still chirping and now starting dumb shit about him. Is A.J. Brown a bad? Is he a cancer guy? He chirps about the Titans every gosh dang day. How many times has he chirped on the Titans? Dude, shut up. 
It's old news. You got your 20 million. You went to the NFC title game. You had a career year, and you're still chirping. You know why? It's inside. Gardner Johnson throws a couple shots out the door. What does that tell you? The kid wanted to stay. What does it tell you now? You're hearing Eagle fans go, the guy's overrated. He ain't overrated. He's a 26-year-old kid who's going to be a superstar in this league. But now he's overrated, and he's a locker room problem. How about Darius last five months, no play slay? This guy was still under contract. He wasn't a free agent. He turned himself into a victim of salary cap. Tweet in the morning. Can't wait to see where we go next. Later on in the PM, after he had a couple cocktails, Big Sills knows about that. Running it back like I never left. Confusing guy. Which is it? People get hurt. I take shots at certain people in the broadcasting business, and I shouldn't. Like I said, a dear friend of mine said, Sills, if you're going to punch at people, punch up, not down. He's right. Certain people that are in the Philly sports market, and I'm talking companies, not people, because I don't give a shit what the hosts say. Companies. And I have been in battle. You know why? Because I made a ton of money. I don't battle with hosts. I battle with market managers. And it's wrong. Because my show's growing. One of the fastest. We almost had a million views last week. And I'm punching down at something that no one watches or listens to. And where I'm going with this is. Whether it's Slay, Gardner-Johnson, how about Javon Hardgrave? Javon Hardgrave just signed a contract that made him the third highest paid defensive tackle at $20 million. What did he say? Well, that NFC Championship game would have been completely different if Brock Purdy played. Hoss, <laughs> why? You just got a $20 million paycheck. You give Big Sills $20 million? Xander might be the only person on the planet know where he is. And my aunt. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, I'm burning the boats and the bridges. I'm already in the Dan Cave. You know where I, my Dan Cave, I never leave the Dan Cave. My point is, everybody is competitive. I, I don't have any ill will towards Gardner Johnson. It's expected that he's going to throw a shot at the Eagles. It's expected that the Eagles are going to try to, they're going to try to limit the damage of all the players that they've lost publicly. It's funny. Listening to people talk about a linebacker. What's this kid's name? Nicholas Morrow. Here's the PFF scouting report. He's not good against the run. He's good in pass coverage. The Bears had the worst defense in the NFL. So this guy had 116 total chases. You know what that means? He was chasing after people down the field. Had the worst defense in the NFL. Impact, 
Look, the Eagles are looking for bodies right now because they don't have enough people on that side of the ball right now to go to camp. They need to get as many people as they can to go to camp. So I get it. Again, I'm not, it's not a shit sign, but it's a nothing burger sign. It's a total nothing burger. Like Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny all of a sudden is a shady McCoy. <laughs> and I'm like, the dude averages eight games a year. He started 11 and five and he was a first rounder. But now all of a sudden he's shady. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. So CJ Garner now is a locker room cancer. That's expected because it shows you the Eagles want that out. Because you know why? They lost seven starters. I don't care how you cut that pie up. Seven starters off of an NFC championship team is quite a loss. Plus four new coaches on defense. Two brand new coordinators. I don't know. Sounds like a lot of turnover to me. Administration-wise, coaching, and Ross, and get this. Not just Andre Dillers and Zach Pascals, starters. And then you're going to turn around and go, hey, Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean are going to be superstars. Well, once again, you talk to me about that word potential. Potential means you haven't done it. Okay? So, Gardner Johnson was a top priority. I think Howie, as I said yesterday, talking to Chris Spielman, who's an executive with the Lions, Howie had a problem going from eight hundred grand to ten million. And then you turn around and give two old guys, as I said yesterday, sixteen million dollars combined. Okay, and you give Slay the upfront money, and you keep him in the building at thirty-two. You guys keep telling me Stephon Gilmore's. He's toast? Well, what's Slay at 32? His last five games? That dude was Casper the Ghost. Where is he? I didn't see him. (laughs) Fletcher Cox is not a $10 million defensive tackle. And by the way, it's an indictment on Jordan Davis not stepping up because if Jordan Davis had shown even more promise, Fletcher Cox would not have gotten, he couldn't get $10 million on the open market. Come on, dogs. Brandy Graham. Now, look, I'll tell you this. To be fair to both those men, if they add depth, they do some good things in the draft, they hit on a couple guys. Again, here we are, wishful thinking shit. Those guys are going to be productive again. I've been reiterating to you. Fletcher Cox and Brandy Graham were productive. Why? Because they had limited snaps. You limited them snaps, and what you did was you got more productivity out of them. Older guys have to have depth behind them. So what the Eagle defense is this year, inexperienced and old. And you're taking shots at Gardner. Hey, should Gardner Johnson be on social media? I don't know who's more whacked. Slay taking... Slade blocking me, not blocking me, blocking me, blocking me. Or Gardner Johnson taking his tweets down. It's up, it's down. It's up, it's down. These guys are as much divas as wide receivers are. Block, no. Block, yes. 
unblock, you block. Block, no, yep. Gunner Johnson, tweet, no, tweet, no. I'm like, I'm confused, guys. That must have been one hell of a locker room last year between all them dudes. Sure a lot of crying, I'll tell you that, for a team that had so much success. Holy shit, man. Gotta be kidding me. I don't know. Seriously, I don't know who. What's more of a diva position, corners or wideouts? Man, hey, I guess that's why they make the big money. Okay? So you kept a 32-year-old old man slay, a 35-year-old defensive end in Graham. By the way, this is no indictment on what kind of man Brandon Graham is. You know, I hate to have to quantify my take sometimes because some of you automatically think that it's an attack on him as a man. It's not. It's got nothing to do with anything. You think the Patriots gave a shit about whether you were a good dude or not? They cared whether or not you were productive. End of story. Two rules. Show up on time and play like hell. That's the only rules you had in New England. Not whether or not you're sitting around Gardner Johnson. Is a locker room this guy or that? That shit is so incident. It's so non. It's such a non-factor. If a guy's a nightmare, like Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to play that guy. So wait a minute. Aaron Rodgers, the nightmare versus... Jordan Love. Hey, Jordan Love's a better guy. (laughs) Give me the nightmare. (laughs) I'll take the nightmare. You know why? Because as a general manager, Howie, that's your job. That's your job. Your job is not to sit there and gather talent that's a good dude in the room when it comes to dealing with the media. Who gives a shit about the media? But all these guys protect themselves. I love Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. Tell them Adam Schefter, lose my number. Both of them. (laughs) And what did you have? All the minion media meatheads. Oh, you can't talk to him like that. He's one of the most respected guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Yeah. Unbelievable that you would take his side over a Lamar Jackson who's a quality face of a franchise in Baltimore and a guy in Aaron Rodgers who says, I don't know the guy, <laughs> but this guy's got Intel and Cilio's a liar. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I tell people this all the time, make your own assessment on what you see because most people see what they want to hear. Seriously. And, and, and I don't begrudge fans in Philadelphia for doing it that way. You'll see what you want to hear. That's what makes you, Buffalo, and a bunch of other places like San Francisco and such, great, great franchises with great fan bases. It's okay. I get it. I understand it. But, dude, come on. That's why here with me, I'm not trying to get a hall pass. Okay? I'm not trying to get into the Novacare Center. That's something that Angelo told me a long time ago when I first started doing this. If you're looking to get into the Novacare Center, you won't last. I never made serious friends with anybody in the market, player or coach-wise. That's why that guy lasted the length he did. I was like, cool, thank you. Getting the pat on the back by the Eagles or the Sixers or the Flyers 
has never been anything I've ever subscribed to because it doesn't last. Then you become a mouthpiece. And that's why you come here. We talk sports. You, you agree and disagree. Okay? Here. Howie. I, I, I mean, honestly, if I open a newspaper, the Inquirer, this guy's the manager, general manager of the year again. Bringing in Marcus Mariota and Rashad Penny. And now, what's his name? Nicholas Morrow, who was on the worst defense in the NFL. Okay. Hey. You replace again, you replaced 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns with a guy who can't play more than eight games a year. Solid. Hey, now that's a no, 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 vet. I wish I could be Adam Schefter. He's making 1.4. No, 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 no. Vet, he makes $10 million a year. Adam Schefter makes $10 million a year. He don't make $1.4 million. You got that number wrong, man. He makes $1.4. Peter goes, how he's not finished yet. He's not? These, these big money moves he's making. See, he could make those moves last year. You got one thing happening this year, though. You're over the cap. Everyone, no one's reporting that story but us because we posted the NFL Players Association cap results as of Sunday. You're over the cap, $7 million. You have to get, and people go, Silvio doesn't understand. There's only fit. I get it. June 1, you got to get down. You're seven over with $5.4 million in dead cap money. And you got a $50 million bill that you got to pay. You get a 51, 51 maybe million dollar price tag to pay for Jalen Hurts. I'll say it again to you, like I said yesterday. We're gonna find out more about this kid this year than last year. He's got a lesser team. As I told you all year, he'll never be on a team like he was a year ago. That was arguably the best roster they've ever constructed in Philadelphia in the Super Bowl era. And your quarterback was making, he was making peanuts. Zach Pascal made more than him a year ago. That's different now. See, I don't think Jalen Hurts could take this current roster right now to the Super Bowl and win it. I don't. He ain't Mahomes. Vet says the cap ain't real. Every team figures it out. No, they don't. Not with a $50 million quarterback. They don't. That's why they jettison players. Vet. Ace. Still spitting knowledge. With your experience, you and Seth could revamp teams and would pay Hurts this year or not. Ace, I've come to the conclusion, if I'm going to gamble on Jalen Hurts, I'm going to front load the contract. I might give him $60 million this year. 40 the following year, 30 the year after, so that I won't be crippled. I don't want to pay Jalen Hurts $60 million in year three. I, if you're going to gamble on a dual threat guy, gamble now. Baltimore, don't you think they 
wish they could have gambled in 2017 instead of 2022? Well, you're not sure the guy could get through a 17-game season. These quarterbacks are unique to Joe Burrow and Mahomes. They're unique. You got to put the money at the beginning for those guys versus at the end because they ain't going to be healthy at the end. Hertz has already started that train. One game, two games. You take 1,300 yards out of the backfield and you expect to replace it with Rashad Penny, Boston Scott, and Kenny Gainwell. Dudes. Okay? What does that mean? You know what it translates into? More carries for Jalen Hurts. More opportunities to get hurt like he did in Chicago. How you doing? These are all facts. And most of what I just said has happened already. It's happened. It's funny. You know, people will go like this to me. Silly old flip-flops. Do you think I'm going to cover that Eagles team this year the same way I covered the 22 team? This is a lesser team. You're not going to be number two in the NFL in defense. How do you even know what scheme you're running? Are you running a bare front? 34, 43? Do you even know? Shit, you don't even have enough players to field a, thir- a, four, a 34. You had, you hit, I mean, you're signing dudes that were chasers just to fill your roster. This kid, Nicholas Murrow, I don't know. But okay, sure. Okay. He's a poor tackler. He's poor against the run. The teams are going to run the ball on the Eagles this year. They did last year. You turn on Polly Short. Oh, how he slayed it. I'm like, slayed it? With old man Slay. Old man Graham. Old man Cox. And you gave all those guys money. Gave a 32-year-old corner, $14 million. Two guys that are north of 33 years old. You gave them $16 million. Solid. You're not younger. And you're going to be more experienced. You're older and more inexperienced. Your safety position is empty. Your linebacker position, oh, I forgot. N'Kobe Dean. And the middle of your defense lost its best tackle. Okay. How he's going to take a running back, brother, says in the draft. More inexperience. That frightens me when you say how he's going to take a running back in the draft. Why is that? Running backs struggle in pass protection that are rookies. So you're going to put a guy in the backfield with less experience blocking for Jalen Hurts. Hmm. Interesting. So you're going to get less experience back there blocking for him. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) B goes, you said all the same crap. No, I didn't. I said it was the deepest and best roster 
that the NFL had. See, B. Lewis is another one of these kind of guys who talks bullshit. I picked on March 10th of a year ago the Eagles would go to the Super Bowl. Xander says I was the only guy and the first guy in your market that said that Cilio said that they're going to the Super Bowl. I said that. I said they were going to the Super Bowl, and it was the deepest roster. I didn't know it would be the most productive roster at the time. Who would know that? But I thought it was the deepest. That's a fact. And so this guy here was probably a Wentz fan. Once Wentz turned into a turd at midnight, now all of a sudden he's saying, hey, I wanted Jalen to be the starter the whole time. He's one of those tools. Revising history. Whatever, guy. Untrue. Lies. But then again, most people, again, they see what they want to hear. That goes for the majority of you. Okay? Philly. Whatever, guy. All you have to do is go back in the archives of Jacob Sports and Xander. Don't get it. Make them go find it. Go find it. March 10th. All you got to do is go to March 10th. Of 2022. Whatever, guys. It's documented because that's what we do here. Yeah, no help for laziness. Go find it yourself. Let's go on to the topics here. <laughs> this team and this roster currently constructed, Jalen Hurts will never win a Super Bowl at his time in Philly. Last year was his greatest year, and it will go downhill if you put $50 million on that kid's neck. He ain't Mahomes. Some of you would go, Sills, wait a minute. So you're just saying Mahomes is the only guy that can win the Super Bowl? Am I saying that he's today's version of Tom Brady? Yeah. Do you know there was a span in Brady's 20 years in New England that every other year Tom Brady went to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. Peyton Manning underachieved in Indianapolis. One Super Bowl? The guy in Pittsburgh had two. Brandon goes, you're calling Hurts his whole career? Yeah. Yeah. Be like Dan Marino. Marino got to the Super Bowl, um, I think, once. Never went back. Because he had a lesser team. He had no defense. Guy had absolutely no defense. No defense. <laughs> oh man yeah Dan all the sign <laughs> yes sir baby dual threat you better pay that guy by the way so now I'm hearing that there's four or five teams that are interested in Lamar Jackson there is a market you know why 
because Big Sills is a player association member. Um, they're they're contacting teams for him because there's draft choices and a lot of money involved. Two ones and fifty one million. Woo! Why isn't Baltimore doing that? Baltimore's not sure of a dual-thread guy who's been banged up who's only 25 years old. And you want to pay Hertz. Off of one year, $50 million. It's worth the gamble, Dan. Is it? So what's your suggestion? Oh, no, you're in this. That's your guy. That's your guy. Hey. Hey, man, no defense. Offense is going to have to carry the mail. That means Jalen's going to have to run the ball more. That guy will not play 17 ball. Then again, he never has. He he never has, and he won't. <laughs> I mean, no running game? Oh, that's right. Boston Scott and little Kenny Gainwell. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let me ask you this. Let's get into some of these topics here. Man, hey, I hate to do it to you. And by the way, my aunt says, hey, man, why don't you, why don't you go a little, little softer on them? I'm saying I'm trying. But, but when you're old and inexperienced on defense, I don't know, man. She goes, and she goes, can, can you be a little softer? <laughs> Xander's like, uh-uh, you're fired. <laughs> Ah, told Xander this, man. Hey, you you, you want to go places? You don't cover softball games. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, with all the replacements, you know, they'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, next. <laughs> How about those flyers? <laughs> I don't know, man. Would you rather have... Veteran free agents, like how we did a year ago. Or would you rather have Eagles replace these important pieces on the roster in the draft? What would you rather have? What would you rather have? Veterans, like how we did a year ago? Ray says both. How he sucks at rookies. Brandon Graham. Excuse me. Brandon Graham turned out to be a really good player. He did. He turned out to be a really fine ball player. He will be in the Eagles Hall of Fame. Derek Barnett. Andre Dillard. Jalen Rager. I mean, these are all failures. Andre Dillard's no longer on the Eagles. Bomb. That's an F. You couldn't keep that guy on the football team? And you drafted him in the first round? You think Jordan Davis is the 13th pick in the draft? Told you this before. That guy's never lived up production-wise to his athleticism. He's never. And someone goes, 
Jordan Mulata. So, like, obviously, Jordan Mulata is a starter now. The Eagles passed on him six times. And you want me to believe that that was strategically done. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's like telling me the Cowboys found Larry Allen in the 12th round, and it was strategically done that way. Oh, yeah. Or better yet, here's the best one of them all. You know, the Patriots were so smart in drafting Brady. And I fired back. They passed on him five times. I mean, it wasn't like these guys were sitting there going, Brady's the guy at six in the sixth round. (laughs) You take the best player available at those times. You know, and that's kind of why Howie gets better in latter rounds. He sucks in the first round. Devontae Smith. Here's here here again. So if you're gonna build this team and replace these veteran guys with draft choices, how he can't do it. He replaced Jalen Rager with AJ Brown. He would he replaced all those turd corners that he drafted. Your entire secondary is all trades or free agents. He couldn't draft a corner to save his life. What linebacker has he drafted in the last 10 years that was worth the shit? These were all veteran dudes. Pass rusher. Dude, Josh Sweat's panning out. I told you this. I like the kid. I think he's their best D lineman. I think he is their best D lineman. He showed me a year ago, and I didn't think he was, that he could turn into an every-down defensive lineman. Dan, I never said Jordan Davis was a steal. That is not true. Again, Bob, I said he's never lived up. That is not true. I never said he was a steal. Don't don't get me confused. I never said N'Kobe Dean was a steal. You got me confused with the rest of them idiots that said N'Kobe Dean was the steal of the draft. The guy didn't even show up on special teams. You know, the little guy. Howie getting Josh Sweat, that's a pretty good pick. And by the way, Milton Williams, I like him. I think he's going to be a productive D lineman. By the way, I hope they don't really show a lot of disrespect towards that kid because I think that kid could be like a Michael Bennett and go somewhere else, get into a better system that fits him, and he could be a star D tackle. He's very versatile. Play end for you, put him on a shade on the nose, I like Milton Williams. I think Milton Williams has worked his ass off. He's a 500-pound bench presser. You know, he sees all the guys in front of him getting all the money and such, and all he's done is gotten better. I like him a lot, actually. I actually like him a lot. How he's got to go back into free agency and replace these players. He's got six draft choices as of now. Who gets some compensation picks, but he doesn't have enough equity. That's why we kind of visited yesterday. Should Howie trade out of 10? See, to me, the priority has changed. I got a brand new mock draft 3.0 after the first week of free agency. And we're going to take a look at that because I do think the priorities have changed. You think corner's still a priority for the Eagles at 10? You just signed Bradbury to that deal. You got old man Slay on the other side. 
maybe. But you've got to get guys this year that are going to play. You can't have a dude sitting there like Devon Weatherspoon on the bench, and he's a first-rounder. He's you got to draft dudes that are going to start like Kansas City did. Kansas City's draft choices all started. They had to. Why? Mahomes makes all the money. Safety at 10? See, Texas boy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain something to you here, though. Texas boy goes, the Eagles to draft a safety at 10. So they wouldn't spend an extra $2 million to keep Gardner Johnson in Philly. But you want to go more inexperienced, and you want to use the 10th pick in the draft for safety. When is the last safety that was drafted in the top 10? Above this, in the last 10 years, how many safeties have gone in the top 10 draft? How many? DT at 10, Jalen Carter, sure, if he's there. We're going to look at that. We're going to do that at the top of the hour. Okay, so you guys have named Jamal Adams. Who else? Jamal Adams. He was the sixth overall out of LSU. How many safeties have been drafted in the last 10 years in the top 10 NFL picks? There has been only one safety chosen. In the top five NFL picks, we're saying 10, though, so this is a little different. Okay? Only five since 1992. It's not a position you draft safeties at. It's not a position. Because at the end of the day, Howie didn't even want to pay an extra two million bucks for a guy who was 26 years old. You're going to put a 10th pick on the guy? I don't think so. I don't believe they're going there. I don't believe they're going there. Funny. Cal Gosills was drafted in the 15th round. No, I was the 57th player taken, uh, Junior. And some go like this. Well, Sills was in a supplemental draft. So was Reggie White. (laughs) So was Reggie White. So was Steve Young. I mean, Reggie White went in the supplemental draft. (laughs) So let's go here. So you think Howie is going to retool this team in the draft? I think it's a joke. He's not a very good drafter. Okay? He's not a good drafter. He, you know where they're good at? They're good in the old line. Here, here's the strengths of the Eagles in their draft. 
O-line. They're horrible at quarterback. That may change now with Jalen. Because in the last 25 years, um, Donovan McNabb and maybe Jalen Hurts. One year. We'll see. To me, elite is somebody that does it over four or five years. Not one year. Elite. So, Howie's got problems right now. That's why you see these nickel and dime signs. There's nobody that he's brought in to replace anybody on the roster. That's a frontline dude. You know what the conversation is? You get Joe Banner because he likes going over and having lunch at the Novacare Center. You know what you get? These are Howie moves. And you're like, dude, these guys were bust everywhere they've played. Mariota now. How many teams is this? Tennessee. Hey, by the way, Mariota's a great dude. I have never heard anything negative about the guy. He's going to be a superstar guy in the community, and he's going to be a great teammate, in my opinion, to Jalen Hurts. And that's going to be a good dynamic. That's really good for Jalen, having a guy like that behind him that he can bang things off of. I think that's, I think that's going to be the hidden gem to that whole thing. And, and, and to me, I feel more comfortable with Mariota behind him when it comes to having to pick up the team if he happens to go out, which he will. Um, I, I have I have a better feeling about him than I did Gardner Minshew. Especially with the RPO system. Can I tell you why Minshew looked better in 2021 than he did in 22 when he took the reins? You know why he looked better? The offense wasn't established as a gigantic RPO. That's why he went into New York and he looked like a star against the Jets. And the Jets were a lot worse back then. Still. He was better because the RPO and Jalen Hurts offense and system wasn't intact like it was in 2022. That's why he looked better. That's why when people saw him, they were like, shit, man. Man, everyone was talking about him being one of the better security belts in case something went sideways. And then when you had Shane Steichen handing him Jalen Hurts' playbook, you were like, he's running RPOs. Xander can outrun him. I mean, it wasn't going to happen. Wasn't going to happen. I I, I actually think Mariota knows his role now. And I think he could probably reinvent himself. I'm I'm, I'm rooting for him. I like Marcus Mariota a lot. Mike Vrabel loved the guy. hated, Hated to give the job away and take it away from him. Guy's great with autistic kid. All that, man. He's wonderful. Lana loved him. Just he's not good enough. He's not good enough to be a starter. And I think he'll accept his role. I never thought Gardner Minshew accepted his role as a backup. I think he always probably thought he was better than Hurts. Okay? Dofi, I don't address... Ask nine comments like that. I I just don't. That's a you thing, dude. You need to go work it out with yourself. (laughs) You do. You need to go work it out with yourself, guy. That's, you know what? There's, there's, there's a lot of things that I won't say on my pro. Well, there's very few things I should say that I won't say on my show that you'll never hear. Wishing bodily harm on somebody. (laughs) 
Now, let's get to Hurts. Dual threat. Everybody's hero has done everything. Here, let's give here. Here's my here's my in two years that I've been covering this kid. Here's my fair assessment of where they are now as they prepare for this journey they're going to go on. The same journey they went on with Carson Wentz. Let's see if he fits the bill here as you move forward. Remember, he's not better than Lamar Jackson. Do you know how many times last year Xander and I said this, or the playoffs previous year, I think it was, I want one of those guys. <laughs> I want one of those guys. I'll say this to you too. Hertz was spectacular in the Super Bowl. He sucked out loud in the divisional game and in the conference title game. He was terrible. Super Bowl, he was special. Absolutely true. His 2022 season was with versatility. He got better. In that Chicago game that he got hurt, he made some passes in that game that I didn't think he was capable of making. Touch passes. He is definitely, I'll tell you this about him versus Lamar. He's not a better player than Lamar, but he could turn out to be a better passer than Lamar. And Lamar led the NFL in touchdown passes. He could do that. I don't know about leading the NFL in touchdown passes, but I do think he has maybe more of a ceiling in getting to being a better passer than Lamar. Lamar's just gifted as an athlete. He's 10 times the athlete Jalen Hurts is. He's 25 years old. He's got a unanimous MVP award, and he's won over 70% of his ball games. Maybe 75, is it? 49 and 17 or some crazy number like that? Hey, he's been hurt. Here's where I go with him, though. Okay, has he put up enough of a litmus test for a $50 million payout? What quarterback has he, when you are now in the NFL, you've got to beat Mahomes. Some will go like this. Well, he outplayed him. No, he didn't. This is in politics where you get to move the scoreboard. I don't give a shit. In both games, he had more passing yards than Mahomes. Look at those completion percentages. In the second half, in the second half, I think he had one incomplete pass, which was a throwaway. Hey, um, Xander, can you make can you do me a favor, my friend? Make sure um Merrill Reese gets the um the link. He just texted me. He'll be on, by the way. Thank you very much, Merrill, for reminding me. Merrill Reese, the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, will join us at 4.30 Eastern. So we'll talk to him. I love catching up with our friend. He was so kind to come on every week last week. Awesome stuff, man. Really great. Um, so when I look at Hertz. Never have to worry about Jalen quitting on the team. Isaiah, 
Mm, that's a great take. Man. Did, did he wave a white flag because he didn't have his contract and he wasn't 100% and he was 80%? I mean, Mahomes played hurt. So did Jalen play hurt. And Jalen didn't have his money either yet. Okay? Okay, he, right? He played. That is something I'm going to have to get over. I, agreed. But we're... He, he he gambled so much. Let me let me get back to Hertz. Dual threat. This is no indictment on who Jalen is. Doesn't have a high ceiling. They don't last. Cam Newton today is throwing at the Auburn Pro Day, and he's 32, and he can't get a job. Why? He has been so destroyed. This is an MVP. This is a 6'6", 265-pound man. And he has been destroyed because the NFL didn't know how to legislate roughing calls and penalties against him on late hits. They let that man take a beating. Same. You know, it's funny. People go, well, Steve Young played a long time. No, he didn't. He backed up Montana for a decade. No, he didn't. Hey, by the way, before you start taking shots at Cam Newton, who I'm a huge fan of, you hope Jalen Hurts has the career he did. MVP took a team to a Super Bowl, was the face of that franchise for over 10 years. Cam Newton had a great career. Heisman Trophy winners don't have great careers at quarterback in the NFL. The kid in Cincinnati's kind of changing the room. But most of the quarterbacks that are superstar NFL guys are not Heisman winners. Stallback. I mean, how many quarterbacks have won the, he- won the Heisman, won Super Bowls? Stallback? Is it only Stallback? I think I think Stallback's the only Heisman Trophy winning quarterback that won a Super Bowl. I'm trying to is there anybody else? Those guys don't usually turn out to do anything. Okay. Heisman quarterbacks. Don't win Super Bowls. They don't. So, Jalen doesn't have a long time to do this at the rate he plays. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem giving him a contract for four years. Five's too much. He's going to miss the same amount of games as Lamar Jackson. Are you under the assumption that Jalen's going to be healthier than Lamar than Lamar is with a lesser team? You understand that there's going to be more reps for Hurts to have to play this coming season cut the lesser defense and the inexperienced defense and an older defense. You just wait, Sills, till next year. And I'm like, what do you mean? 
until the way at the end of the year. The Gardner Johnson deal at the end of the season was a trade. It wasn't a free agent signing. They tried that kid from San Francisco and he was a turd. Then they had to make a trade. And for whatever reason, New Orleans and Mickey Loomis gave him up. How we may want to go long like the Mahomes deal. Giving Jalen Hurts 10 years? Dude, if he plays 10 years, I'll be stunned. If Jalen Hurts plays 10 years, I'll be stunned. Okay? Top of the hour. Mock NFL draft, 3.0. G. Medic goes, bro, needs new material. Jalen Hurts' contract is not up right now. They're not negotiating it. Hey, by the way, if I were Clutch Sports, don't be shocked if Clutch Sports tells Jalen Hurts, you might not want to go to training camp until you get your contract. That's what I would recommend. I would recommend that to him. I don't think it's going to get there, and I don't think it get that ugly. But do you notice nobody in the media is saying this? What if Clutch Sports recommends that Jalen Hurts doesn't go to training camp until he gets a new contract put on the table? And if they don't consummate a new contract by July 27th, all bets are off. He goes into his final year of his contract and he becomes a free agent at the end of the year. And then you're in the Lamar Jackson, same situation. Don't say that couldn't happen. You don't, you know how agents work. Well, Hurts would never do. You're talking about a guy with a not a big of a window. Okay. Hertz would never do that. He, he loves us. <laughs> now, one media person has brought up, what if what if the Eagles don't want to give him a deal? Until right around they start negotiating July, June, and they can't get a deal done. You let him go into the year if you're clutch. A dual threat guy with a lesser team. General goes, what if? No, it's not what if. That's a possibility. See, this guy goes, what if? No, that's a possibility. Clutch could recommend the same thing that happened to Lamar Jackson. You really want to go into training camp but no deal? Final year of your contract? How many people think Jalen Hurts would get $50 million in the open market? We'll find out a lot more about him this year. I guarantee you this, if the Cowboys had their shot at redoing Dak Prescott's deal, actually, I think the Cowboys have done a nice job. We're going to look at the NFC East. I think the Cowboys have done a nice job, man. Restructure Brandon Cook's deal today. Make it some good moves. They lose somebody in the old line. They, They add Stephon Gilmore in the secondary. I don't know. I mean... We're, we're, we're going to talk about the Cowboys a little bit. Okay? You absolutely would get 50. <laughs> okay. That guy can't carry a team. He had the most complete team I've ever seen. Can you imagine? Dude, if Mahomes was on that Eagle team a year ago, that they not only would have went undefeated, 
they probably would have outscored opponents 50 to 10. Mahomes would have probably threw for 8,000 yards and 70 touchdowns. You kidding me? Two rookie corners, one defensive tackle. That's it. That's kind of what you got. Well, like I said, hey, man, maybe Hurts is Mahomes. We're going to find out. How you doing? Okay. I would say this to you, that Jalen right now, as you're negotiating, and you're negotiating with him, I think he's got a handle, and I think Jalen has got to control the temperature of the negotiations. I think Jalen Hurts, here's your hometown discount. Jalen is controlling the temperature. Unlike Darius, old man Slay couldn't control his. There was no reason for him to tweet anything. He was under contract at $18 million. He hurt Drew Rosenhaus in that whole process by exposing the moves of the Eagles because the Eagles were on the cusp of cutting him. Then they saw the open market, and Drew had to come to Jesus' conversation with Slay. Hey, Gilmore just got eight million bucks. You ain't getting more than that, kid. At 32, you're both 32. And the player fueled the speculation. No one else did. I didn't have any insight that he was going to be cut. The choir had it right on the front page in a dramatic move. Darius Slay to be released. That wasn't my take. Not, I, I was not even remotely involved in that, but somehow that landed on me and players run the NFL and host and everything. Made it my story. I'm like, I had no insight. Slay was the guy who did all that shit. Slay could have controlled the environment by doing this, not saying anything. Nobody would have known anything. And you know what? People could have maybe even said, oh, wow, he got more money up front. And he redid his deal to help the team. Instead, he took a haircut. And how they covered it was giving him more money up front which is not a bad deal at 32. Totally a win for the Eagles. I said that. Totally a win for the Eagles. But that turned out to be a bad thing. I'm like, it's great for the team. They got their two corners back. Probably them in Miami, the two best combos. Dallas is kind of in that room now with Diggs and Gilmore. I think Gilmore still got some juice in the tank. Okay. Look at Yale. Completely sabotaged the whole negotiations with Gardner Johnson did. Oh, <laughs> Yale. I said it a little bit yesterday, but I'll reemphasize this, Xander. I personally think that whole negotiation debacle and fiasco with Darius Slay, I think it undermined the entire negotiations with Gardner Johnson. Completely agree with Yale that it sabotaged it. Completely did. $23 million to a 32-year-old corner. Solid. 
and the guy he wanted. And now everyone's starting to talk shit on Gardner Johnson. Like he's overrated and he was a bad guy in the locker room. That's not true. That's shit. Who cares? He led the NFL in interceptions. That's all I care. That's all you should care about. Okay. What are you, welfare workers? Seriously, what are you, kindergarten teachers? Gives a shit about that. These are grown men. They can handle themselves. Don't need media people telling me this guy's a bag. What do you know? What do you know? So end of the day, he sabotaged. But it hurt Gardner Johnson. I think Darius Lay and his debacle hurt Gardner Johnson on staying in Philadelphia. I completely do. Completely do. I don't care what he's tweeting. I don't really care what the Eagles are saying, too, that he was a little bit of an issue in the locker room. Really. Like your guy, A.J. Brown, barking at Tennessee. You got a problem with that, though, right? Oh, I see. Gardner Johnson's a headache, but A.J. Brown could talk shit on Tennessee. What's the point of that, too? All right. (laughs) All right. All right. I know. Guys are going to have to sit back and relax a little bit here now. Now what we're going to do is take a look at Mock Draft 3.0 after the first week of free agency. Okay? Hope too many people aren't moaning and crying because I know many of you are right now. You could sit down, take a time out, have your cup of water, you know, put a towel on your neck, feel a little bit better. Okay? Truth, justice, and the Big Sills way will continue in hour number two. Merrill Reese, the voice of the Eagles, will join us at 4.30 Eastern. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Wow, 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 
My name is uh, Fran Soleno, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National Football Show. So your Eagles safeties are Justin Evans, Kayvon Wallace, Reed Blankenship. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Let me get that. Is his name Evans? Justin Evans, Kayvon Wallace, Reed Blankenship. Those are the safeties. All right. Got to get it. Go. Hey. <laughs> oh, hey. By the way, I just congratulated uh, John Feliciano for signing with the 49ers. So now... The 49ers have the giant center who had a pretty good year a year ago. And so now they have him in the lineup now along with Trent. Man, I'll tell you, the 49ers, I mean, honestly. And you know what sucks? 49ers, this is what you say about them. And it's the only thing that the Eagles could say about the 49ers. Who's playing quarterback? They still get to the NFC title game. I get it. It's the reason they don't get over the hump to win it. I'm totally with you. But they get there. They get there. They totally get there. 49ers have the best roster as of today in the National Football League. It's not quite it's not a question mark. Okay, it's they got Javon Hardgrave in the middle with Armstead. And you got Boza and Warner, and you got that Hafanga kid, and you got Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Kittle, Trent Williams. Shit. You got it going out in San Fran. How you doing? And, and, and I still to this day love how Eagle fans consistently think they killed that Niners team. You did not. Your lowest output offensively was against San Francisco with Christian McCaffrey playing quarterback. Don't talk like you, like, they had Josh Johnson, who had been on 18 teams and Christian McCaffrey quarterbacking. By the way, the offense didn't really win that game. It was the dude that rushed the quarterback that wrecked the game. That guy wrecked the game. 
Hertz was terrible in it. He was terrible in the NFC title game. Jalen Hurts is the only NFL quarterback I've ever seen in a conference championship game have Bob Greasy numbers, 90 yards throwing, 28 yards rushing. I've never seen anybody win that. Hey, you didn't have that much. It was your, you missed the point, dude. It was your lowest offensive output. You didn't have 300 yards of total offense. You had to give 30 yard or you had 230 yards of total offense. Whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not litigating that. I'm not litigating that. Because some of you, you watch too much like news channels. You try moving things around a little bit. They killed him. They ran the ball down their throat. No, you didn't. Not true. All right. Before Merrill Reese at the bottom of the hour. <laughs> Here, hold on for a minute. Hold on. Excuse me, because I know I have to wipe my eyes. Oof. Okay, are, are we are we back? <laughs> Excuse me. Not a lot of guys right now, especially in the media business, chewing on the bit right now, as we like to say. All right. 3.0. This is a mock draft that I've put together, and I've only done the 10, but I put the Eagle 30th pick on it. So I'm not doing all of them right now because I want to get through the second week and a second wave of free agency. Okay. So I want to, I want, I want to put that out there and I'm going to put the top 10 because again, what Howie does at 10. Now I visited this yesterday and I want to revisit it now. What has become the priority for Philadelphia right now as they prepare for the draft in 37 days. What what's what's the what's the priority? Okay? What's the priority? What would you want there at 10? What's your dream pick at 10? Okay? What's your what's your dream pick? What would be the dream D-line in your opinion? Yale says. Carter. Carter. Here's how I think this plays out in the top 10. Okay? So many good picks. I think there's a pretty good top 10 list. I do. I think there's pretty good players in the top 10 this year. I Get this. The four quarterbacks are going to push a lot of the position players down into that 10 hole there, or potentially where would how we even think of moving up. Okay. Woody. Okay. Here we go. From all conversations I've had with Frank Reich, Carolina is taking Bryce Young. Okay, I think C.J. Stroud is the guy that is the prototypical 
build for quarterback. But again, this guy is another Ohio State quarterback who will freaking bomb. Why do you consistently fight history? Why would you draft a quarterback out of that program when they don't produce them? Why in the world do people still see the Ohio State helmet and assume that this kid is good? Who is he playing against is always the number one question. C.J. Stroud is not a good pro prospect. Why is that? Well, when I play against the top corners in the NFL, they're all Southeastern Conference guys. Playing against Southeastern Conference wide receivers. Playing against Southeastern Conference tight ends. All of... 69 players were drafted in the top three pick or in the top five rounds last year from the Southeastern Conference. Ohio State, if you took the Buckeyes and Michigan out of that conference, it's Conference USA. It's Mountain West. It's Pac-12. You got two, maybe three with Penn State programs that are worth the shit. The rest of them, Purdue, Indiana, Northwestern, Nebraska. Iowa's got some kids. They put some of the kids in, but so the windows are, my point is, Stroud throws to windows that are wide open. I told Frank this. Wide open. Southeastern Conference, dude, you're going against Sertain. You're going against Honey Badger. You're going against some of the guys that in the NFL today are elite. Gardner Johnson is a gator, right? Dude, SEC, Clemson. Here's your programs. SEC, Clemson, Ohio State, Oregon. Rest of them? And for quarterbacks? Name me one quarterback from Ohio State in 175 years that has panned out as a pro That was a great pro quarterback. Name me one. 175 years. 175 years. Name me one guy who came out of the Ohio State program. You can't. But he breaks the bank. The Cordell Joneses. (laughs) Dwayne Haskins, the all those guys who have just been complete colossal failures. Look at Justin Fields. Justin Fields is working hard to get better. But that guy couldn't throw the football through an open barn door. 
I remember when I first got on this network, somebody told me he ran a 4-4, and I go, who cares? Can he throw the ball? No. As of right now, no. Shows he gained 1,000 yards. And? Ohio State's great at wideout. Have a long list of great wideouts. They have no list at quarter. Shit, produce, produce more. NFL top flight quarterbacks. Purdue has more Hall of Famers. Dawson, Breeze, Greasy. Jim Everett came out of there. He was good. Kyle Orton. These guys were all functional NFL guys. Get this. Kyle Orton is better than any Ohio State quarterback that's ever come out. Kyle Orton is better. But C.J. Stroud's going to change the game. If you're going to risk that with the number one overall pick, good luck to you. This kid, Bryce Young, he, he, he is a little fella. 5'10 and a half, 185. Shit, man. If you put him and Xander in the room, I think they'd look alike. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think Xander's probably taller than him. Okay? I mean, he's a, but I'll tell you one thing he does, man. When he gets on that football field, he looks like he's 6'5". This guy drops dimes. He's 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 a pro, dude. He is a great looking talent. I just wish he was bigger. My wife's like, hey, can you put 30, 40 pounds on the guy? I'm like, I don't know, man, but I'll tell you what, of all the quarterbacks I've watched, he is a gamer, man. All the big games and the big players and the big plays he's played in. He's a humble kid. Man, I love this guy. I just wish he had some size to him. Now, in today's NFL, you don't get smashed like you did back in the day. That helps the kid. If I'm Carolina, I'm taking Bryce Young. You know why? He's the sure bet. I'll tell you what you'd rather have. Would you rather have the player suck? Or would you rather have the player for five years and then he gets hurt and delivers you an NFC championship? What would you rather have? Give me the five years. Give me the five years of winning. And if he doesn't last past that, so be it. I'd re- I'd hate to have this Brandon Whedon, Tim Couch, Ryan Leaf, where you knew he couldn't play and you kept jamming them down people's throats. Arthur goes, Kyle, name me a better quarterback today. Ohio State Buckeyes have had better than Kyle Orton. Name me one, one, one Ohio State quarterback. Name me one that was a top flight. Kyle Wharton won games. Name me one. I do think Stroud goes two to Houston. Here's who the guy I would love to have. Arizona. As we talked yesterday, Jonathan Gannon's there. Gannon's going to take either Will Anderson. Gannon's got to be thinking right now. Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? If there was a wide receiver for the quarterback, they might think about it, but I don't think there's anybody worthy in this draft. 
okay, to go to Arizona at three. How about Arizona trading down to get a wideout? There's no wideout going in the top 10, which is kind of odd, especially the demand on the position. I say he takes Will Anderson. They need a pass rusher. They just lost that kid, Allen, to Denver. And they lost J.J. Watt. I think they go there. Okay? Indianapolis, God knows what Jim Mercer is doing, depending on if he's sober or not. I say Anthony Richardson has shot up. By the way, I think Anthony Richardson's the fourth pick in the draft because of guys like Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Okay? I do. I think I I I personally I personally think he 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 has flown up these boards because of this, because of the play. Like um the former head coach of the Buccaneers said, Dan, these dual threat guys are here to stay. And they lost Reddick too. Thank you, Yale. Hey, Polly. Nolan Smith. Man, he put on a great combine. But here's the thing about Nolan Smith. He's kind of the lesser of the guys at Georgia. He's kind of in that Jordan Davis production stuff. Not very productive. But they make these insane flash plays. Remember what I said yesterday to you about Jordan Davis? Jordan wasn't very good in the SEC championship game his senior year or his final year. He was great in the national title game. It was great. Then he put on a spectacular combines. Here's the fifth pick, Seattle. I think Jalen Carter goes here to Pete Carroll. They just paid a bunch of money for a defensive tackle. And I think they take Jalen Carter here. Carter is probably, along with Bijan Robinson, probably the best positional players that are in the draft. My question on Carter would be me questioning him and talking to him because I've seen his I've seen his 20 yards of tape. I don't need to see any more. He's the best defensive player that they've had at that program in the last three years is Jalen Carter. He's Sap. He's Jerome Brown. Um, he's got a little John Randall in him. Um, but he's also got a lot of dumb decision making in him. That's got to change, son especially when you're commanding the kind of money that you're going to get. Okay. Jalen Carter is all of those things. That to me is the problem that I have with Carter. Son, you're speeding. It's like that Randy Gregory thing. I told you, remember Randy Gregory kid from Nebraska who was earmarked to be a first round draft choice. They told him not to smoke weed before the Indianapolis combines. He smoked it anyway. I would look at that kid and go, I'm not drafting you. You know why? Because you're a dumbass. You couldn't hold off the pipe till after the combines? Guy, give me a break. That's decision-making that will rear its head again. That's why my interview with Carter, I want to talk to him. Look, we all make mistakes, okay? But you got to pay your own bills now. You know, you got to live your life. You don't have that guarded time that you are in college, like at Georgia or Tennessee or Florida. You're, you're your own dude. 
See, drafting dumb people is a problem. No matter how talented you are. Number six, I think Will Levis goes, the quarterback from Kentucky. I think he goes to the Raiders here. Jimmy Garoppolo is a nice sign by them. They're going to win games because he wins games, and they've got talent. But Garoppolo is now the new Steve DeBerg. DeBerg had the distinction of being the guy that was in San Francisco when Montana showed up. Then he went to Denver. Elway showed up. Then he went to Tampa. Testaverde showed up. Everywhere he went, he was kind of the bridge guy. And that's kind of what you got here now with Garoppolo. Number seven, I think Detroit gets even better. Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech, he's the best edge rusher next to Anderson in the draft. I saw this kid in his bowl game. I thought he was special. I think Christian Gonzalez goes to Atlanta. They need cornerback help. Their back end was terrible. They need help on defense all throughout the lineup. Linebackers ends. Kyle Pitts is a good-looking talent there, too. Like him a lot. Tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta's in the conversation for Lamar Jackson. Paris Johnson, Chicago. Got to get. You have to start getting help for Justin Fields if you think he's your guy. You got to get him a player, maybe free agent. I'm going to talk about that in a second here. And you got to get some offensive line help, atrocious old line. He did a lot with a, really nothing on that team. Montgomery was a good back outside of that. Wasn't, wasn't really anything. I got the Eagles taking Miles Murphy here, Clemson, edge rusher. Got to replace Brandon Graham. Got to replace him. Let me tell you something. Miles Murphy and Josh Sweat as your defensive ends, young, talented, long, big guys, three-down linemen. And if Davis pans out, you're pretty young across the front there. To me, I think it's edge rusher. Okay? I think it's edge rusher here. I thought it was going to be corner. I'm not so sold on that now. I'm not so sold. And here, at 30, Brian Breezy, another Clemson kid. I think they're going to stay in Clemson. Defensive tackle. So what you did was you created the depth that I talked that you need with Davis and with Fletcher. You got younger and you got deeper. And you created more pressure on the perimeter. And with Murphy and Breezy, you could play a 34-43 because these guys played 34-43 in Dabo Sweeney's defense. It was a multi-front they even moved these guys around into bear looks, wide nines. That's the one thing that the Eagles had last year that they don't have currently as of March 21. Versatility in their front. You had versatility in your front because you had depth. You're not going to bring back Sue or Linville Joseph. We're talking about 36-year-old men, 37-year-old men. Now, 
Would I think about maybe bringing Sue? Sue's going to command three, $4 million. I don't know if how he wants to spend that kind of money like he did a year ago. Remember, they pushed all their chips in. Okay? Joe goes, how about the DE from Texas Tech? I think he'd go sooner. I think he'd go seven to Detroit. Because Detroit, with Dan Campbell, they want to create edge rushers too. Remember the money positions in the NFL today? Corners, edge rushers, tight ends, wide receivers, left tackles, quarterbacks. That's where your money is. If you notice, that's where how he, how he spent his money. I love the kid. Hey, Vision, the kid Ness from Iowa is a player. I'll tell you what he is. He's got a lot of Aiden Hutchinson in him. He's an effort guy. You watch uh, Brian Baldinger posted a uh, video of him, rushed the passer, got into the backfield, circled back around, made the play 10 yards down the field. I love that. That's a never give up attitude. You want that. When your guys are talented like that and they have an engine like that, those guys are worth a million dollars, man. When you get somebody like that with great effort, that gives you great work ethics and he gives you production. He's a good football player. You know, I forget the kid from Purdue a year ago, the guy that's in Kansas city now, Calafis or whatever his name is. He was pretty productive for them. He actually had a better season than I thought he was capable of putting out there in his rookie year. I thought he was pretty damn good. Okay, I, I did. I thought he was pretty damn good. That kid Van Ness can play. He's, I, I, I think he's between 10 and 15. Now, look, if you want to move down to grab him at 14, create some more cap equity for yourself in rounds two, three, or four, that's a thought too. See, at 10, in my opinion, if Jalen Carter's not there, I don't know if Devon Witherspoon's the pick anymore. You just play, you just paid Bradbury. Now you've got to get a replacement for Slay. But you need players to play this year. You can't have a first rounder sitting on the bench. He's got to play. And by the way, your last two year first rounders have to be impact guys this year. You know why? You don't have depth. You don't have the ability to sign top flight quality guys. You're not going to go out and, and and hit grand slams like you did a year ago. Remember something. The Eagles are one and one on all these free agents. The one year with the um, dream team was a colossal failure. La- Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Last year was his grand slam. I think you want to hang out in the middle in there. And hope, and by the way, I'll say this again, and, I, and, I, and I've reiterated this about your offense. I think the Eagles' offense is the best offense in the NFC because of Hurts. As good as San Francisco is, Jalen, Jalen's the equalizer there. He puts him above the board. Why? Well, two wideouts are great. The tight end's spectacular. The offensive line is where all the money is on the team. Okay, all the money on the team is in the O-line. $15 million at center, two tackles making 15 north of it. Dude, you got $50 million lined up and three guys in your O-line. That's why you couldn't bring Sayamalo back. Wait, you think you're going to spend on a $224 million cap you thought you were going to spend $100 million or $80 million on four dudes? You couldn't do it. Now you got to hope that Jurgens, again, you're playing, you're talking playing dudes out of position too. Avante Maddox, people want to go to safety. And you're talking Jurgens, who's a center, going over to guard. These are two different skill sets. Again, kind of wishful thinking. So, lot to, that 10th pick, to me, the Eagles might actually get more quality out of that 30th pick. Why? You're not overdrafting. Do you ever notice when you get into a draft and you watch people drafting, people have more success at the bottom of the draft. Why? Like San Francisco used to make a killing down there at the bottom of the draft. Why is that? Same thing with Ozzie Newsom. You know why they did that? Was because at the end of the day, you're not overdrafting or overpaying. You're, you're, you're going almost at best player available at that time. That's why to me, that 30th pick might be actually the premium pick because I think how he's going to look at it like this. Is Devon Witherspoon really a necessity right now when you brought Bradbury back? And you restructured Slay. All right. It's been an honor to have my friend on Merrill Reese, the legendary voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. He spent so much time with us last year. Merrill, how you doing, my friend? I'm good, Dan. Nice to be on with you. Merrill, let's start it out here. Um, free agency. And let's start it here with what how he has to look at now. Five starters lost. Um, four new coaches on defense. 
Is it a concern for you right now, or is it too early in the process of March 21st before we start doing this? Again, these were quality guys too, Merrill. Oh, they and were. the coaching change is different. They were, but that's that's the thing you pay. It's the price of going to the Super Bowl, of being a very, very good team, as the Eagles were last year, even a great team. You're going to lose assistance because they're part of the reason that you had that success. So that's not a surprise. That's just that just is part of the business. Uh, as far as a concern about losing the players, it is, Dan, it is too early. Because if you go back to last year and look at the, the, the major moves, the most impactful moves, the biggest personnel move, I think, came on draft night, not with the draft picks, but with the trade for A.J. Brown. And the biggest move to the defense came right before the season when they picked up C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So these things happen. I don't get too high or too low about anything that happens before late in the summer. I would say this, Merrill, to you. Um, the personnel changes, but then also the coaching staff. There's four brand-new coaches on defense and a new scheme with Sean Desai. By the way, I made the comment publicly that I think the signing of Sean Desai – I think he's one of the budding stars. Belichick raves about him. Pete Carroll raves about him. He, I think he's going to be under more pressure. And if Jonathan Gannon got heat, Merrill, this is a whole new crew of guys. I'm just wondering if there's going to be enough patience for him to try to turn this thing around. Well, if, if first of all, it doesn't need that much turning around because you still have terrific pass rushers. You still brought back your starting corners. Darius Slay and James Bradbury, who were responsible for a great deal of the success. The best defensive player, I think, maybe in the league last year, could have been defensive player of the year, was Hassan Reddick. And he's back. I mean, he's in the second year of a three-year contract. He's terrific. So I think, I, I honestly believe that they're going to be in good shape. The bringing back of Merrill, uh, Merrill, the bringing back of Jason Kelsey, how important was that in your opinion, getting him back for another year? He played like the best center in football. He is still at the top of his game. He's a leader. He's the guy in the locker room you want to be followed as an example by 52 other guys. He's, he's a great piece of this team, not only because of the fact that he's a great center and does things downfield, that few centers can do, but the fact that he is such a great influence on everybody else on this team. Merrill, would you, I'm going to ask this question in a couple minutes to everybody that's watching today. Um, and by the way, you, I, I'll tell you, Merrill, we, we almost had a million views last week with people watching the show. That just tells you how interested people are in free agency and all the things that go on with this team. Well, it tells you what a good show you do too. Thank you very much, Merrill. It's an honor to have you on. Do you agree, Merrill, that if you're Jalen Hurts' people in clutch sports, do you wait for Lamar Jackson to get his deal done? Because that's kind of a barometer. Or do you think that the Eagles are on their own calendar on how they're going to do this? Do you think it gets done, I'm saying, I guess, before the July 27th training camp oh, uh, yeah. show up? Oh, yeah, I think it gets done well before that. I didn't expect it to be done last week during all of the flurries of free agents going back and forth across the league. I think it'll come on some quiet day when they can have the stage to themselves. Merrill, I'm going to put you on the spot here, okay? 
how convinced were you? And I'm, and it's going to lead into Jalen. How convinced were you when the Eagles gave Carson Wentz that contract extension that he was the future of the team at the time? Well, I didn't know. I, I really didn't know. They exhibited confidence in Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz was never the same quarterback, honestly, and you know this from the time he was injured in Los Angeles when at that point he was probably the MVP of the league and he never came back as the same player and hasn't been the same player since. But I would say this then, after one season, is that enough of a litmus test for Jalen Hurts? Yes. Um, to get, I mean, Wentz finished second in the MVP voting also that year, and he would have and probably still should have won it, as Jalen, if he was healthy, probably should have won it. What's the difference today in the two storylines? And, and Because you've been around both men, that's why I'm asking you. Well, Why number, do you see the difference? Number one, Jalen Hurts is not coming off of an injury. He's 100% healthy. He finished the season. He, I still believe he should have been the MVP of the league last year. I understand the fact that he missed a couple of games that interfered with his statistics, and I understand how great Patrick Mahomes was. But I don't think anybody meant more to his team, was more valuable to his team and to their season than Jalen Hurts. He was absolutely remarkable. What he did last year was a level above the best of Carson Wentz. Let's throw this at you here. On the offensive side of the football, what do you feel will be a bigger loss? The loss of Sanders or the loss of Isaac Sayamalo? Good question. Um, it depends on how they're replaced. I think I think they're in pretty good shape as far as uh, Sayamalo is concerned because last year in the second round they drafted Cam Jurgens, and they did that for him to be the heir apparent because he was a center uh, for Jason Kelsey. But he can play guard. There's not going to be much of a fall off right there. Miles, on the other hand, had a great season. But we all know that the value of running backs isn't what it once was. And they still have a pretty good running back department in Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. And they will probably, probably draft a running back this spring. My, my, I was shocked that Frank gave... Miles Sanders, seven million a year. To be candid with you, I, I I was, and I could see how he's saying this, dude. Thirteen hundred yards, eleven touchdowns. I get it, but still, we got a fifty million dollar bill we have to pay with the quarterback still, and giving him that money. And then my problem with Sanders was always this: um, Merrill was that man. He did that year one year. I'm not saying he wasn't a good. He was a good eagle. He was a good player, but. Man, you pay a guy like that for one year, seven million bucks, man. I kind of think that's why Philly passed on him. Well, I think so too. I think it wasn't their respect for Miles Sanders because he was a an integral part on and off the field. He's a really, really high character guy, and he did everything they wanted him to do the last year. It's just what they believe can be paid to a running back. It's that simple. You think you think Howie as we get closer here, a couple last questions here, Merrill. You think Howie right now, as he gets ready for this draft, you think he's thinking the same kind of scenario where he was a year ago? Because one of the things that I say to people about, and, 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 and Merrill, 
this goes to every organization that not everybody hits on their first round picks. I mean, look, Andre Dillard, that turned out not to be a good selection. No, there's Barnett. I don't know, man. He's going into his seventh year. Jalen Rager. I mean, building it with rookies, that doesn't seem to be really kind of his forte. Making these great trades and deals and finding these free agents and finding these needles in the haystack, that seems to be more his forte. I mean, do you think he's going to be active like that going into this? Because there's a lot of holes. 40% of the defense has to be replaced. Yeah, it does. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, when you look at the defense, uh, and I, I see names out there like Joey Porter Jr. that could be very inviting with that 10th pick in the draft. But on the other hand, Lane Johnson has two years left by his own statement that he figures he can play two more years. It wouldn't shock me with that 10th spot in the draft to see him go O-line. Huh. It wouldn't shock me with that 10th spot in the draft to see him go pass, you know, edge rusher or, or inter interior defensive lineman. But I do think, Dan, that two guys who are going to play significant roles this year were drafted last year, and they are Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean. They completely have to step their game up this year. There's no doubt about that. All right, final question for Merrill Reese. What does Merrill Reese do in the offseason when there's no ball? I mean, seriously, what do you what, do you do you watch a lot of television? Do you go on walks? Uh what do you what 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 does Merrill Reese do in the offseason? I am managing partner of an online television station in the suburbs in Bucks County. And uh, it's an online, it's, it's a radio station and online television station. So I'm, I go to the office every day and you know what? I play an inordinate amount of golf. <laughs> really? I do. What's your favorite course on the East Coast? Well, Marion. Oh my God. Hey, Merrill, I played, I went to uh, see Phil Sims once. He lives on the 13th hole at Baltistrol. And I went up there and played Baltistrol. He goes, "Hey, if I were you, I would play eight. I would play eighteen holes with a putter." And he goes, "Like he goes, he goes, because let me tell you something. Nothing is even ground. And man, I have never been on faster greens. I've been at Marion. God, I love that golf course. I had a thing, Mer Merrill, that I wanted to play all the U.S. Open courses. I played Olympic. I played Pebble." Uh, when I was out on the West Coast up in San Francisco, I played both those courses. All I played Olympic a lot. And so I played Marion. I played Congressional. I played Cherry Hill. So I wanted to play all of those. And what when I told Arnold Palmer this years ago, Arnold Palmer used to come on my program because my we used to do a show in Orlando, and Arnold and his dog Mulligan would come over, and he goes, how many open courses are you at now? And I go, you know, I, 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 I played pretty much all of them, but I want to get on Augusta. The next day I got a call from Augusta and he got me on the golf course. It was off season, but he got me on Augusta. I had to wear golf shoes all around the place because you can't yes. walk on the course without it. But he got me on the golf course. That's great. That's great. Well, I love my golf and I love my Marion. Absolutely. Merrill, we love you. Thank you so much for coming aboard, my friend. Thank you, Dan. Take care and have a great night. You bet. God bless. Appreciate Merrill Reese coming aboard with us. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. 
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. invite you on my network Merrill thank you very much for the invite of course I would do it you kidding me very nice very nice and people go like this Sills how come you don't throw shit I, 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 that's not why I bring guests on to get into arguments with them I do that with my wife and you that's who you are. I don't bring my guest on to, to, to argue with. Plus the guy, hey, you don't argue with the GOAT. I, he, I, you know, I had a chance when I was 
driving back from uh, one of my daughter's uh, rugby games last year, listening to him and, um, and, and, and Mike Quick, they do such a great, they do such a great show. When, they, when, they, when they're covering the Eagle games, just fantastic stuff. Hey, real quick, I, w- I, w- I want to go back and something I said yesterday. And it looks like it's coming to a head now that Rick Pitino is going to become the new head coach at St. John's. Guy who hired Horace to recruit prospects to Louisville and had his national championship at Louisville uh, rescinded because of his behavior. His behavior also with a woman um, at a pizza place. Here's a guy that's had more problems and more issues and more probationary issues than any coach on the planet, but he gets opportunities. He's at a Jesuit school now, and he's going to get this job, and they're going to pay him handsomely. What kind of logic is that? You take a shit on certain people that's out there, and you pick and choose which guy you attack, but here's a guy who's been an absolute creep. Would you trust your son with Nick, Rick Patino? By the way, well, here, Sills, let me back that up and do this. Well, wait a minute. I want to win. Ah, that's right. You compromise your integrity every day when you see things in sports like this. That's right, man. Winning's more important than recruiting people with whores. Congratulations to you. (laughs) At a Jesuit school. I mean, dude. This guy called, I mean, then again, I look at the guy. Who's the guy at Auburn now? That guy Freeze, Hugh Freeze. Got to get the credit card rolling, dog. Got a lot of recruiting to do at Auburn. How you do that? <laughs> Got to get that gold card going. Call up 1-800-FEEL-GOOD. Hey, you got to win. Sills, are you, are you under some guys here that, wait a minute. Integrity and character matter? I'm sorry, you're right. Forgot. Especially in college sports. You're trying to teach young men to be men. (laughs) Winning matters, man. Get them whores in the building, man, and get them players in there. Spend that money. It's all about winning. You're right. I'm sorry. I mean, I got my head in the I got my head in the sand here. Okay. I mean, hey, Auburn is going to win a national title. Why? Just like that creep urban liar. Give a shit about integrity. Everybody be good to women. He's got a coach who beats his wife. (laughs) And then he's up for the Nebraska job. I'm sorry. Here's Here's my impression of Urban Meyer. Urban liar. Then he's on the desk at Fox. <laughs> oh, man. I, I say, hey, I got to do shit like that. Hey, when I get in trouble, I'm just going to go like this. <laughs> Why not? Works for those guys. 
Holy cow, man. <laughs> Gotta love it, though, don't you, baby? All right. I saw that Bijan Robinson had a meeting with the Eagles. What does that tell you guys? That Bijan had a meeting with the Eagles, flew him into town. What do you think that's about? What 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 do you think that's about? Do you actually think they're thinking of taking him? Do you actually think they're going to take him? What what do you think that whole charade was about? I kind of just buried the lead. What? No, no, no ideas. There you go, D. You bring in a dude that you have no intention. Smokescreen. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> hey, smokescreen. It, it, it threw me for a loop there a little bit. Okay, I could think of some people in my 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 media business that that's a good that's a that's a great tagline for. <laughs> Smokescreen. There's no way they're drafting that kid. They're trying to lead you as far away as they possibly can from the dude they actually want. How he's going to bring in 30 guys. One of those guys might be the guy. Because what did I tell you? If you don't have the first pick in the draft, okay, you don't have the first pick in the draft, you don't know who you're taking at 10. You've got kind of a collection of guys. As I told you the other day, you think Dallas was really going to take Michael Parsons? <laughs> no, they weren't. They were going to take Patrick Sertan from um, Alabama. They were going to take Patrick Sertan. That's who they were going to take. All of a sudden, they had to make a move all be with the Eagles. The Eagles got Devontae, and they ended up getting Michael. Okay. Mike is the better player. But Devontae's good. And he's going to be a really good ball player. He's a good ball player now. But Mike is a better player. They got lucky. They didn't know. They had no idea. So you don't know who you're getting at 10. Okay. And no idea. So what you do is you sit here and you try to get a player that you think that you're going to take and guys are doing their homework by calling up his coaches, his high school coaches, his family, having conversations with them. I don't know how much personal contact you can have with prospects. I, I, I've got a letter. I found a couple letters that team sent me. I went on a visit to the New England Patriots. I should post that, huh? Patriots flew me in. Had a chance to see the facilities, which were not very good. This was back, I think, when the Sullivans owned the Patriots. I, hey, hey, yeah, I'm going to post it. I flew in, and I think a guy named Dick Steinberg was running their personnel. I don't know. Does that name sound right, Dick Steinberg? Uh, not. I, I don't think he has any relation to Lee Steinberg, but Dick Steinberg flew me in for the Patriots, and um, – I think the coach at the time 
was the old SMU coach who I ended up playing for in Canada, believe it or not, because he wanted me to go to SMU. And I would have went to SMU, but obviously things didn't go out and change well for them with the whole situation of the death penalty. And so, um, I, what is his name? Ron Myers, I think it was. I think Ron Myers was the coach. I think it was 85 or some shit like that. I think he was the head coach. And he flew me up. He goes, I tried to get you to SMU. Um, and now I want to get you here. Where are you going to be on draft day? And I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to be at home. Because back then they didn't fly you to New York. I think they only flew the top 10 picks in 87. I don't, I don't remember how that worked, but I knew I was, cause I, 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 I was home when I got drafted. I actually I was at Miami when I got drafted. I was at Miami. Craziest story on the planet. I know some of you know that I got drafted in a supplemental. I was getting ready for Florida on Friday. I had my Canes helmet on. I'm getting ready to play against the Gators in 87. That Saturday, Chris Carter and Brian Bosworth and myself were drafted in the supplemental draft. I was on the Buccaneers Sunday with my helmet in my hand. So I went in 48 hours. I went from a hurricane helmet to an NFL helmet standing on the sidelines, getting ready for the Bears. I'm going, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, what? Are you crazy? Seriously, I went from a hurricane on Friday, 48 hours later, I was a buccaneer with the 56 pick in the draft. What they used the 56 pick. Bosworth, I think, was the number one. I think Chris Carter was a sixth rounder out of Ohio State. I think they used a sixth rounder on him, and he went to the Eagles. If I'm not mistaken, I think Chris was a sixth to the Eagles. I think he was, I think he was, it was, it was Bosworth, then me, and then him that got drafted in that 87 supplemental draft. Chris, Chris was a great player. I think he got thrown out of Ohio State because of an agent. I think that's what his deal. Bos got thrown out of Oklahoma because he was on steroids. I, I <laughs> and he, he went number one overall. Carter was a fourth rounder. Thank you, Arthur. Okay. I thought, okay. Fourth rounder. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the guys that were in that draft, he panned out. Absolutely did. All right. Hour number three. I want to reset. A lot of NFL news. We're going to look at the NFC East. Cowboys, Skins, Commanders, Giants, Eagles. We're going to rank them. We're going to do that next. Also, DeAndre Hopkins is out there. Hmm. DeAndre Hopkins. You think he's got anything left in the tank? Hour number three. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Show final hour of the program. What do you guys make of DeAndre Hopkins? What if he goes to Dallas with Brandon Cooks, CB Lamb, and DeAndre Hopkins? Be the best wide receiving core in the NFC East. See what this guy Kevin says, washed up? That's the same guy that says that C.J. Gardner was probably overrated. Let me just give you what he did a year ago. 2022 in 10 games. Well, since some of you out there think that this Rashad Penny guy is decent, DeAndre Hopkins in 10 games last year before he got injured, 64 catches, 717 yards, which was 71.7 yards a game. He was on pace for almost 1,300 yards receiving. That would have been equivalent almost to what your guy did. And he's 30. Ain't washed. Are you under some impression that you think that A.J. Brown had a better career than Hopkins? 
Right now, DeAndre Hopkins is still one of the best receivers in the league. He would have had 1,300 yards. This guy had 71 yards a game. That's more than what your guy did, Devontae Smith. His career, 853 catches, 11-298, and he just turned 30. This guy's a ball player, 71 TDs. You ain't got a guy in your history or your program that has numbers like that. Nobody. You don't have a 10,000-yard reception guy, and you surely don't have an 800-catch guy. None of that. This dude is great in the run game. He's the best third down receiver in the sport. Still, you put DeAndre Hopkins with Dak Prescott, who annihilates the Eagles, you got a problem. Old man Slay covering him. That guy... (laughs) They'd have C.D. Lamb, Brandy Cooks, and DeAndre Hopkins. Formidable. He could be a game swinger in a division-changing kind of guy, acquisition. He goes to the Giants. This is the guy. It's not Odell Beckham nobody anymore. It's Hopkins. Hopkins is the guy. You can have all that social media bullshit all you want. I'll take DeAndre Hopkins any day, any night, all good. (laughs) Michael Gallup is better than DeAndre Hopkins. What a tool. No, he ain't. No, he ain't. Okay? Hopkins... Seriously, he was on pace for 1,300 yards. He'd have had the same season AJ had. Guy still had six. DeAndre Hopkins would have had 100. Let's see. Well, he averaged six six catches a game. He missed seven. He would have had 115 or 120 catches this year. He'd had 120 catches and 1,300 yards. And you think he's washed? <laughs> uh, really? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is washed. Right. You put him in New York with Aaron Rodgers, he'll have 1,500 yards. How old was How old was T.O. when he got to Philly? Was he 32, 33, something in there? Was he, was he something in there like that? This guy's 30. How about if you send him to Denver? Send him to the Rams. What if you send him to Detroit? About Minnesota, they just lost Thielen. You put him on the other side of Justin Jefferson. What if you send him to Buffalo? No, 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 G-Meta. It's not what if, it's where. It's not what if. It's where he goes. 
Remember something about A.J. Brown. That's the best year he's ever had. This guy's had multiple seasons of spectacular football. DeAndre Hopkins' best years, A.J. never touched him. This guy's a Hall of Fame player. A.J.'s not. This dude's a great football player. He is, Yale. Again, I don't mean to go there with that. Brown's a great player. He's totally a great player. He ain't this guy, though. DeAndre Hopkins stats. AJ's 25. That's a great. Those are great numbers, man. Here's, here's the guy, and again, like I said, he's 30. 91 catches. 111. 115, 104, 115, 99, 1,200 yards, 1521, 1378, 1572, 1428, 1410. Come on now. Let's not get crazy. And he's 30. Who would I rather have, A.J. Brown or DeAndre Hopkins? Like if he lands in Dallas. What about Washington? This guy's going to make a difference on a team somewhere. This is where I'm going with this. I hope he goes to the AFC. He lands in the NFC. He could change a room. Seattle, on the other side of DK Metcalf, that might be formidable. Okay, probably AJ, but he's AJ's only had one spectacular season. The rest of those years were average years for DeAndre Hopkins. 64 catches, 1,100 yards. That's an average year for that guy. You understand? He's averaged 1,000 yards in his career a year. A.J. hasn't. Giants, it makes sense because of the cap room. And you got to remember something. This would be a trade because he's still under contract with Arizona. Tell me something here. So you've got to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, and you've got a quarterback you just paid $46.1 million to. I ask you this for one other reason. So you actually think that A.J. Brown is going to be on the team after 2024? How do you know this is not going to be A.J. Brown's final season in Philly? You guys go, he's 25-26. That doesn't really matter. The $20 million matters. Yeah, Yale goes, he's not, play- he's not playing next year. Yeah, you still got to pay him, though. You still got to play him. You still got to pay the guy. What do you think? Because he's not playing, you all of a sudden get a respite on the salary cap? You got 46.1 million bucks on your cap, dude. Whether he plays or not, it's on there. You might as well call it dead money. 
You might as well call that dead money. So it does. It, here we go again. Deshaun Watson loses DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. You give him that contract where it paid him $38 million. You move off of one of the greatest receivers in the last 25 years in the sport to Arizona, and now you give that court. See what I'm saying? The game that the NFL has these teams in, you can't collect great talent and expect to have them for a long period of time. Stefan Diggs is redoing his deal. They're lowering the base. And here's the deal that you got in Minnesota. They're, they want to cut a deal with Justin Jefferson for $28 million. Well, you're still in the final year. Well, they just gave Cousins an extension that pays him 38. That's pretty. That's why Thielen got whacked. Yale calls it parody. You know what I call it? NFL's king of mediocre ball. Just look at the NFC. Look at what they've done to the Eagles. Look at what the NFL's structure has done to the Eagles this year. I know some of you, if you tune on radio shows or you read newspapers or blogs, what have you think the Eagles are in the same position they were a year ago. They're not. Seven starters are gone. End of story. Four new coaches on defense and two new coordinators. Yeah, you're right. If you're blind. But they want that to happen to Philly. They want the teams not to be able to keep Amari Cooper in Dallas. They love this shit. It's not, this is not an Eagle issue. This is an NFL thing. Okay, this is an NFL thing. How about DeAndre Hopkins to Baltimore? Can you imagine Baltimore with DeAndre Hopkins and the tight end they have up there? What's his name, Edwards? And Lamar. Lamar Jackson, DeAndre Hopkins, the tight end. I'll tell you, man, that looks awful sexy to me, too. Man, I'd love to have DeAndre Hopkins on, but he's he's going to command. His salary must be enormous as well. Andrews, thank you. Yeah, Andrews, the tight end for Baltimore. He's a great player, man. Okay? Hey, d- dude, the Eagles, man. They're falling victim to what the league loves. As 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 Yale says, they they love this thing called parody. I call it mediocre. Look at the NFC, like we just said. There's nobody with a complete team. And the only reason that San Francisco has a complete team is because they've fumbled the quarterback situation. Trey Lance. You know, no play Trey. <laughs> That's what they got there. They moved three ones to get that guy in that position, and he's no play Trey out of Carson Wentz University. (laughs) Hey, where'd you get no play Trey? You got no play Trey out of Carson Wentz University. Oh, really? You mean the the team that doesn't play anybody? Yeah, that team. (laughs) Who's their big rival? Oh yeah, Eagle Creek University. Remember that? Those guys, man, they got they got a little muskrat as like a mascot or something. This guy's a ball player, man. This is this guy's gonna change. It, it, it just it, but here it shows you too the Bidwells. 
You bring a brand new coach in. Okay, you bring a brand new coach in. And you get rid of your second best player. Solid. Bidwell's right there, man. You guys know how to run a team. Jonathan Gannon would be fired in two years. 18 months, he'd be gone. Okay? 18 months. He'll be gone. That, that leads me to something else here before we move on here and reset here a little bit. So Sean Desai is going to get an enormous ton of crap this year, and it's going to be unfair. Here's why. This guy's got less talent than what Jonathan Gannon had his first year as coordinator. You're playing a better schedule. The NFC East is better, and you got by far less talent. And you don't even have enough on your team right now to field the 90-man roster going to camp. So when people watch him early this year, every media person that was on Jonathan Gannon's side is going to go like this. See, I told you so. But here's Big Sales telling, telling you March 21st. That guy could never be a coordinator against good, good quarterbacks. He got killed against every one of them. Every one of them he got killed. Every one of the good quarterbacks he ever played against. But he was hidden from a shitty schedule he had a year ago. And shitty quarterbacks he played. The, the, Sean Desai is not going to have that luxury. And all the people that were on the Jonathan Gannon bandwagon last year are going to go, see, I told you so. But it's not going to be the same. He's going to have lesser talent. A new scheme. Four new coaches in the coaching room. So what Philly will do is Philly will jump the gun and go, this has been a downgrade when actually he's a more qualified coach than that guy in Arizona. And then Howie will have a scapegoat to fire if the side can't get this thing going in the right direction. See, to me, here's the goals I think that the Eagles should have this year. Try to keep people under 27 points. That's the only thing you got to try to do, in my opinion. Screw the stats on sacks and fumble. Dude, you got to keep that. You got to keep it respectable. You can't be giving up 30 points a game. If you keep it at around 27 points a game, I think you're going to be okay. And that includes, get this, if you want to run the ball against them, I mean, I don't know. Just don't let them in the red zone. You want to run like a maniac in between the 20s? So be it. But I think the goals this year have to be completely different and have to be adjusted because of the talent personnel issues. Matt, thank you for coming aboard. Okay? And, and, and quite frankly, does it matter if it's a 34-43? You need players. Gannon needed players. Gannon's system was never good. Here's why you know Gannon was never a good coordinator. Every single guy that was on that defense got new deals or restructuring of new deals. Every guy was player production. Was it Gannon coming up with these schematic blitzing hybrid packages and these bear looks and why not? It wasn't any of that. Now, I will give them credit on the Reddit stuff. They figured that out. But the only reason they figured that out was because they brought Linville Joseph and Adam Katsu in. These guys were eating ice cream 
at Hagen Dos. He went and signed him, and it turned the entire defense around to a point. They still finished 16th, 17th against the run. Okay. The side's going to get a lot of shit early. He's going to get a lot of shit early. I think you got to be patient with this because this defense is troubling. I don't care what anybody out there tells you. This is troubling. And why is it? Well, you put more emphasis on the offense. Rightfully so. All your money's over there. Here, look. look. Let's do this for a second. I'm going to show you why the offense has, to, let's see, 30 million between your two tackles, four, 14 million, your center, there's 44, 20 um, at your wide receiver. So you got 64 million bucks just in one, two, three players. Wait, one, two, th- four players. Um, your guard makes five at 69 at 70 million. Devante makes two. Um, no, your tight end. He makes fit. That's 85 million bucks. Not even with debt. All your money's over there. That's why the decision to bring Fletcher back at 10 makes no sense. It makes no sense. You could assign three younger players, defensive tackles. They don't want to go there, though. Tells you a little bit maybe that where they're going in the draft. They may be going D-line in the draft. That's what I think. And they drafted a kid 13th a year ago who hasn't panned out yet. Okay? And, and, and by the way, you've never heard me use the word bust on Jordan Davis yet. And again, my problem with Dean is his size. I don't believe he could play 17 games at a Mike linebacker inside. And if you play a 40, a 34 defense, he's playing over the guards, never make 10 games. They're going to have to really draft um, they're going to have to really draft very well, but here, your inexperience, again, what we're saying here, and your coordinator is going to truly have to really be given a little bit of time to put this thing together here because of all the new faces. I mean, what's more what what's more? What's more to this, it's not just the fact that you've lost certain dudes. It's the fact that you've had new new coaches on top of that. Okay, so, and it's downgrade when it comes to safeties. Kayvon Wallace, Blankenship, and this dude, Justin Evans. Again, if you look at all how he signs, They've been C signs. They're hopeful signs. So he, he, he's got to go into the draft. As we said, I want to talk about the NFC East. 
Okay. Right now, how he's shopping at the dime store. Or I should say how he's shopping at the dollar store. Hoping to get a good deal. Or like at a flea market. These are quality guys. Well, I shouldn't say that. The Mariota, the Mariota sign is a quality sign because the role he's in. Actually, the penny sign, if you think about it, is kind of a, a good quality sign because you're not expecting him to be the starter because you gave Boston Scott the $2 million. You paid him more than Penny because you know you're not going to count on Penny. So, I mean, they're kind of roster fillers. The kid from Chicago they just signed. The greedy dude. These guys are all like C and B guys, but it's okay. Because you need to fill a roster out. You need to get some equity in there. You know, Merrill Reese made a great point. Merrill Reese made a great point. Howie's biggest moves a year ago were trades. A.J. Brown trade. And the Gardner Johnson trade. It wasn't the draft. Those those guys brought nothing to the table. Last year's draft was like being redshirted in college. Okay? It was like redshirted in college. AJ Brown was a draft day deal, and then the CJ deal was nine days before the start of the season. You know, Gardner Johnson, too. You know, I never really said a lot of great things about it because one, you, and you know what? You guys know me. He's a gator. So I got to, oh, he, maybe this is my animosity. Maybe this is my animosity towards Howie sometimes is that he's a gator too. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know because gators rub me the wrong. I, I, anyway, it's, it's, it's like Xander being best friends with an Auburn guy. I can't think he probably stomachs that. <laughs> Bet me you're an Auburn guy. Okay. <laughs> Gator guys, big sills, not usually in the same conversation. Okay. I mean, so that's why, again, like we said earlier in the program, I look at that 10 hole. Does he trade down? Does he, I don't believe they trade up. I do believe they trade down. Okay. They trade down, if anything, if their respected guys are not there. I do. I think they they end up trading down. All right. I want to hit on something else here. So next week is the Phoenix meetings for the NFL. And they'll probably vote on ownership with the commanders. I don't think they have enough votes to vote Daniel Snyder out. So the pending sale potentially for the commanders, I think, you know what, for what Washington has been doing, Washington's been doing a really nice job. And I'm going to talk about the NFC East here in a second, but I think Washington has done a pretty nice job because they got some adults in the building there. Jack Del Rio's there. Um, Ron Rivera, now you've got Eric Bieniemy in the building. They've done a nice job at keeping the ship sailing at least in the right direction. 
Washington, if they get the quarterback situation figured out, they, they're going to be an interesting ball team. An interesting ball team to watch this year, in my opinion. But one of the storylines is Roger Goodell, who's currently making $63.9 million a year. To be the sword swallower for the league. This guy swallows the sword, falls on it, has his hands chopped off, has his head chopped off. He don't give a shit. This guy makes 63.9 million bucks. He is the only NFL man, not an owner, that's the highest paid player person in the sport. He's never played the game. And all he does is he's the guy to go between. What a job. What a job being a dick for all these years. $64 million? Sign me up, man. I'll sell you out too. This guy doesn't have the player's best interest. How could you? How could this guy have the player's best interest when owners stroke a check for this guy for 64 million bucks? How in the world can you, can, can you, do you possibly, hey, yeah, Jerry Jones, you're wrong. That 13D tackle's right. You actually think he has the best interest of the players. <laughs> Who in their right mind would think that? You know, player safety is one of the most important things. Well, then why do you schedule away Sunday night games for teams to have to travel Thursday? They have to play in Italy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, it, and then you add another game with no other buy. The NFL needs two buys, in my opinion, for player safety. You have to have two buys so that you can really look at yourself and say, you know, this is in the best interest to give these players more rest. Look at the NBA, guys. You know why that sport sucks? Load management. Can you imagine going to Nick Sirianni and saying this? Hey, Nick, I'm going to take the Cowboy game off, you know? My, 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 my shoulder hurts. What? You imagine doing shit like that? That's why Americans love the, the sport. And... This lead before I get to the NFC East, this leads me to Lamar Jackson and all the media meatheads. You know, you could tune on any show, they constantly attack Deshaun Watson and his contract. What a bunch of idiots! You should be rooting every day for players to get guaranteed contracts in 100%. But what do you get? You get media people that like to sit on the side of being compromised by the NFL. Deshaun Watson is a bad guy because he got a guaranteed contract. Now, if you want to talk to me about the shit off the field, okay, you got a conversation there. But remember something, the league cleared him. So that's not my concern. 
I'm I'm not the better homes and garden guy or the the um, behavioral guy like Troy Vincent. I'm I'm not that guy. All I see is the NFL cleared him. He's in Cleveland. I have no opinion because you know why? The players that are in Cleveland, you put the guy in their locker room. Nobody asked you to put him in there. The ownership did. That's nothing to do with players or their character. But yet you make it so that way that players in that team have to compromise yourself around Sean Watson. That's not true. It's like your boss when he hires somebody. They hire somebody, put him in the room. I didn't hire him. But yet it's like, I, well, I, you work with him. <laughs> but yeah, that's not my choice, though. That's not my choice. And I don't give a shit about any of that other stuff. Because you know why? If the league's cool, I'm cool. If you really wanted to make a statement on Deshaun Watson, you should have barred him for life. That would have been the right thing to do. But who says the NFL does the right thing? So at the end of the day here, that contract, why are you, why are you pissed that that guy, he's the best thing that ever happened to Jalen Hurts. But you have media people from Philadelphia to Los Angeles. This guy in Cleveland, nobody's going to do what Jimmy Haslam did. Why? What's your problem with that? In the most violent sport where players have CTE issues, people walk with limps for the rest of their lives, and you're not rooting for players to get guaranteed contracts like the guy in Cleveland? You should be ashamed of yourselves. Why wouldn't you be rooting for that instead of villainizing Deshaun and the contract? You should be celebrating that that guy was the only guy in NFL history to get $230 million in guarantee fully. Good for you. Good for you. That's exactly how I hope one day all players in the league have guaranteed contracts. I'm not talking about their team. I'm talking about the contract because it affects Jalen Hurts. Well, nobody's getting a deal like in Cleveland. Why? Lamar's standing up right now for every other quarterback in the league. Should be selling. Do you know what you hear? Guys like Bayless and even Shannon Sharp is disgusting. Well, he's not handling this right. He's not doing this right. He's not doing, you know, they put an offer on the table. He wants a fully guaranteed contract too. He's fighting for that. And yet you got media people because they're in the back pocket of the NFL. And they're, they're feeding them that. I root for Lamar. I hope he gets everything he wants. I root for players to get every. I hope Jalen gets everything he wants. Okay. But see, it, it, it's not about Jamie. It's not about haters out there. It's about narratives that people create that aren't true. Like we started to show off with Gardner Johnson. It's being leaked out somehow that Gardner Johnson was a bad teammate in the locker room. A.J. Brown is no different. When he takes shots at Tennessee, still to this day, 
and takes a shit on him. He's no different. Is he a cancer? No. He's a teammate. But because he's still in Philly, he's a good dude. Gardner Johnson is not in Philly. He's in Detroit. Post some stupid shit. And he's a bad guy. No, he's just dumb. So what? I think both of you need to grow up. <laughs> Who cares what he's posting about the Eagles? Eagles beat him Detroit last year with him. He got eight million bucks. Doesn't it doesn't it shock you sometimes? Doesn't it shock you? You see these guys get this money and they still can't get over being butthurt because the organization that they were at, they hoped they could stay. Every player wants – how about this? I know a 49er guy. I know you got Javon Hardgrave. I think you overpaid for him, but, hey, that's just my spin. $20 million for a D-tackle. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? He got $20 million. And he says this. Man, the NFC title game would have been different if Brock Purdy – and you're like, what's the point of that? Don't you laugh at that? I don't get angry at that. I laugh. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's still crying about not being in Philly. Hardgrave didn't want to leave. How he put a three-year, $51 million deal on the table. 49ers put a four-year, $84 million with 60 guaranteed. You had no chance of resigning him. Hardgrave, get this, Hardgrave had to go to the left coast, 3,500 miles away. I'm sure that his wife is like, man, built up all our relationships. Our kids go to school. We got to pull everyone out. No one likes that shit. Why do you think Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox are thrilled to death they don't have to leave? Nobody wants to pick their kid up and turn into a gypsy. Nobody wants to do that. Yale says a lot of players like playing in Philly. Well, then how come almost every free agent but Bradbury left? Every free agent left. Yeah, if that's the case, seven players left. You only re-signed one. Even Zach Paschal left. If that's the case, why weren't there more people taking these hometown discounts? Because they like to stay and play in Philly because they got paid more money. Okay. Well, I thought they loved playing in Philly and it's a good culture. Take a $2 million haircut. The only place I've ever seen that work is in New England and Tampa. I've never seen that work anywhere else. You know, it's funny. Tom Brady's the only guy to make people take less money. And they go, shit. It's running back. I think they did it with one eye shut. Hey, you know, I I think it really, man, I I think Brady's the only guy that can talk your doors off and go, let's do it. Run it back one more time. (laughs) I mean, he's got to be the only guy to do that. Everybody took haircuts in New England. And they never wanted to pay you top dollar there. So that's why they shipped Stefan Gilmore, Defensive Player of the Year, out of town to Carolina. 
Yeah, Carolina. Then he went to the Colts, I think. Plug, I'm only going to use that. Rob the Niners. I, you know, one more time, too. You know, to $20 million for a D tackle. Mm. 11 sacks ain't enough. You want to you want to pay somebody Aaron Donald money, man? You better have Aaron Donald numbers. <laughs> I mean, seventeen sacks, sixteen sacks from the DT position. I'm comfortable with that, I guess. But eleven sacks for twenty million? Wow, man! Ah, ooh, does that hurt? Mm, and he's thirty, right? I don't know. Hey, it's a big loss, but I'm kind of with you guys. 30 million bucks for a defensive tackle. I don't know. But here, 30 million for a D tackle, and you gave two old guys $16 million combined. Okay, I guess. Right? 20 or 10 million. How he didn't want to pay for a safety. I'm kind of there with that too. Seven million for think about it. How we went like this with Miles Sanders. Damn. His market value was seven million bucks. Mm. I don't know. I'm I'm watch this. I'm kind of like this. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of see it there a little bit. Turn around and you go, you know, I would have paid say a model the 14. Million. I would have paid Samalo. I think he's a big loss. I think Samalo and Hardgrave are huge losses. But man, 20 million, 15 million. That's big numbers, man. Those are big. Get this. I actually think the Samalo and Hardgrave losses probably bigger than the Gardner Johnson loss. Because why? The Eagles are built in the trenches. You know, they're built in the trenches. Dude, 20 million. Hey, how much are you going to pay Nick Bose then? So if you think Hardgrave, interior DT, is a $20 million guy, are you going to pay Nick Bose $30 million? Knowing full well that eventually one day you got to pay a quarterback somewhere, something. I mean, you're going to pay Nick Bose a 30. And see what's what's happening to the Niners? The Niners are last year's Eagles. All those deals are coming up. And the one thing that they have in their favor is listen to what I'm saying. The one thing the Eagle the one thing the 49ers have in their favor they f up the quarterback position. That's the one thing they have in their in, in their pay in their favor. Xander's right. Hardgrave, twenty million bucks, dude. I'm not there with that either. I'm not. I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm I'm with you. That uh, Hardgrave, Armstead, and Boza, and that's gonna be a force of a football team. Remember, they went on a twelve game win streak, and they beat Dallas team that put 40 on your number two defense a year ago you know Jalen Hurts don't play defense 
And Dak put 40 on you. <laughs> 78% completion percentage. Dak. Dak's got the pink slip that says, I own the Eagles. Every year he plays against them. He beats their doorknobs off. I got to take a timeout. I want to look at the NFC East. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National Football Show. Would you rather have Marcus Mariota as your backup or would you rather have Cam Newton as your backup? Would you rather have as your backup? By the way, I hear Cam did very well at, again, it's a controlled environment at a pro day. 
Plus, you could use Cam Newton in the red zone. Wildcat. Designed plays for him. Mariota fits the offense. Mariota's fit no offense ever. Dude, stop doing that. He's a first-round flop. I don't really need Cam. Xander just goes like this. Cam's throwing turf burgers at this stage in his career. Marcus Mariota's always throwing uh, turd burgers. What was the guy a year ago? You're running RPOs with a guy my daughter's faster than. You guys keep going, Cam's done. Well, what's Mariota? He's never been anything. This guy's, how old is Cam? Is he 32? Oh, I know. Cam's finished, but not Slay. (laughs) Okay. How old is Cam Newton? 33, getting... Probably too much. Cam is trash. Nothing left. Marriott is somewhat decent for a backup. Okay. <laughs> so you're going from a guy who was a nothing burger to a guy who you say is washed up. But then again, you guys are the same people who say DeAndre Hopkins is washed up. Gotta, I, I got to remember always to take that into consideration. Okay. Let me throw this at you here before we talk a little bit about the NFC East. If you had to have one or the other back, who would you have wanted back, C.J. Gardner-Johnson or Fletcher Cox? Hey, we're talking backup. Okay, very good, Iverson. Who would you have wanted to keep? C.J. or Fletcher? So they gave Fletcher Cox more money than they offered Gardner Johnson. I swear to you, I can't get over that. You offered more money to a D tackle who can't play 60 plays a game than you did to a 26-year-old kid who could also play at corner. Mm, Man. Explain that to me. Explain that. Now, maybe that's just a fundamental decision that they've always done since the owners own the team. They feel more comfortable. Maybe it's got to be this. They feel more comfortable in investing in the lines than they do in the set. No, they just restructured a contract for old man Slay. And they just gave Bradbury a new deal. So I don't know. You know, they spent a ton of money. They got a ton of money at the corner. The Eagles have a ton of money at their two tackle positions, offense, and two corner positions. A ton of money there. They 
they wanted Fletcher Cox more. So the Eagles wanted Fletcher Cox more, who's less productive than Gardner Johnson, who led the NFL in interceptions. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 I swear to you, I still can't. You could have had your whole entire secondary returning. And in my opinion, that would have given Sean Desai a lot more flexibility and going to that 34 look that he wanted because you would have had the second, you would have had the best secondary. Now you got holes all over your football team on defense. Your secondary position, your entire heart of your defense is gone. Linebackers, safeties, and your preeminent tackle's gone. And you're leaning on an older tackle and a dude who didn't pan out last year. And you gave that guy 10. You paid him more than you offered Gardner Johnson. They offered CJ 12 million, but he declined. So the Eagles moved on. They offered him 12? Where was that? Where, where was that? Where was that that he was offered 12 million? Where was that? Who told you that? Let me guess the inquirer. Who told you they offered? Nobody takes a $4 million pay cut who is making $820,000. Nobody. That's a freaking lie. 12 million. So then he was their top priority. 12 million. 12 million. He goes, no, I'll take a $4 million haircut. What do you think he is? Old man Slay taking a $4 million haircut? Come on, man. 12 million. They offered him 12 and he turned it down. (laughs) Okay, sure. I'm sure they offered him a nice bunch of property too in the Everglades it's a little rocky down there as you get closer to the keys but hey don't worry you put them on pontoon boats you could have a heck of a rocking house yeah okay offered him 12 no comment (laughs) so wait they offered the guy who was a bad dude in the locker and a cancer in the locker and a guy who's supposedly a bad egg in the, in the locker room reports $12 million and he turned it down. Solid reporting. <laughs> Wait, because he didn't take the 12. He's a bad dude. You know what? In, in, in hindsight, I would definitely go like this. Hey, guess what? Yeah, you know, I he, he is a tool. CJ turned down a lucrative initial offer, and when he decided to listen to Philly's offer, we already signed other guys. Like who? Slay. Hey, I, I would love to have this posted on my Twitter page. In my opinion, Darius Slay and that whole fiasco, I think it sabotaged the Gardner-Johnson deal. It sabotaged it. If that's the case, what you guys are saying, 
Darius Slay sabotaged the Gardner Johnson deal. See, that's a that's a tough pill for people to swallow. But I think Slay and that whole fiasco sabotaged that deal. That I never said you said he was a bad dude. I think again, Xander. This is what I, I want this up there. That Darius Slay resign sabotaged CJ Gardner Johnson's deal. No way to look at it any other way. And now that's why you're seeing these stories starting to come out that he's a bad dude. Uh, the the posting, who gives a shit about that stuff? Nobody cares. Who cares about that stuff? And tell me I'm wrong. Slice saw the money that Bradbury got and heard about the money that Gardner Johnson, if it's 12 million for true, so they were going to give him 12. Once Slay saw that, that's why he acted like he was a casualty of a cap. And that's why they were going to cut him. They were going to cut him for Gardner Johnson. At the end of the day, they kept Slay because he was cheaper at the corner. The Eagles by far are more interesting now. Okay? The Eagles are by far more interesting now than they were during the year. This is classic. This is great. Man, you can't get around it. Yeah. Hey, and by the way, there's a nice there's a nice video of me and Merrill up on my Twitter page. But to me, the story today was I'm fine up telling you. That Slay fiasco undermined Gardner Johnson staying in Philly. Hey, Xander, am I right? Xander, am I right? They're more interesting now. (laughs) Dude, they are more interesting now than they've ever been. By the way, you know what? I know some of you think this is crazy. I'm rooting for Howie, man. You know why? He is a legendary general manager that creates content. It's incredible. It's totally incredible. Man, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Thank you. I appreciate you guys, man. You guys are great. It's great to see Xander. Man, I love that kid. Kid, he's my boss. <laughs> Him and Big Joe. Thank you guys so much. Please hit the please hit the like button. Hey, and Merrill, the interview, man, he was really great. I love, I love the fact that he's a huge golfer too. In the offseason, I appreciate everybody coming aboard till tomorrow, three o'clock Eastern. Thank you so much, man. We'll see you tomorrow and we'll see you on the flip side. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.